Hi, thanks for joining us again at Once When I Was Cool, the podcast about looking back, looking back fondly on things when we were kids. I'm Dave. And I'm Wee Man. Yep. And with us, as always, is producer Dave. I'm Dave. Simon. Dave, that's Simon. You've forgotten him already. <laughs> it's going well. Oh, off to a good start, mate. Off to a good start. Sorry about that, Simon. There's Sorry, no way. Simon. If you've ever seen Simon and I side by side, yeah. you'd, you'd know there's a big difference. I feel like I've been abducted by aliens. You feel like you have been, really? Yeah. yeah dusky sort of feeling. Looking a bit peaked, mate. Yeah, I do. I'm a little sore in lots of different spots. All right. <laughs> All right. So once we, once when I was cool, we used to talk about UFOs. Absolutely. Absolutely we did. Um, and there were different sorts of stories, but more interestingly, rather than the, the individual stories, which of course there are a few and we, we'd be uh, a little bit lax of us if we didn't go through them, um, it's interesting today, anyone who knows me knows just how into conspiracy theories I am. Now, I'm not a huge believer in the conspiracy theories. I do enjoy the stories. I do enjoy the propaganda and I do enjoy seeing the people who have so much time on their hands um, being able to, to really put together a compelling argument for, for various sorts of things. But UFOs, of course, and alien abduction is another one. So someone who doesn't not really into the conspiracy theories, yeah. I think you really are into the conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, look, I am. I enjoy them. I enjoy a good story, but there's a, a lot of different things that I, uh, I enjoy. But looking back, um, looking back at the way UFOs have changed, um, when we were kids, it always used to be weird lights in the sky. Now, my dad was a country cop. And I remember there was one night we were at home and, and being the country cop, uh, any of the police station phone calls, because they weren't 24-hour police stations, the police station phone calls after hours would come through to our home and our home was always located either next to or as a part of the police station. Did you have to sleep in a cell? I didn't have to, but um, when I was little, apparently I did. So um, they all thought that uh, that was my future sort of sorted out for me. Not far from the truth, is it? Oh, well, mate, I could sleep anyway. No, true, Dad. So I remember there was one night we were living in a town and my dad, uh, we were in the middle of watching some TV show and the phone rang and, of course, Dad got up and he answered it, which was what he had to do. And he um, said, yep, yep, okay, and hung up. And I remember him saying, oh, UFO. And my mum oh. said, what? He said, oh, someone spotted a UFO. And he said, oh, okay. That blasé. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, Matter of fact. My dad was very sceptical about a lot of things that came through on the phone. And so I remember his investigation involved, now this was over 40 years ago, so I guess it's okay to tell it, um, involved my dad picking up a set of binoculars that he had. I, I, we did, it was in that time before we had... <laughs> I'm giggling because I think <laughs> I know where this is going. Yeah. yeah, my dad picking up a set of binoculars that would have been on a cabinet or a shelf or something because we didn't have a – the house we had, you know, was three bedrooms. My sisters shared a room. I had a room. My parents had a room. So there wasn't a study or anything like that. I remember he picked up a pet of binoculars, walked out onto the front veranda, looked in the direction of the town, looking towards town where all the lights were, yeah. put the binoculars up to his eyes to where the person said they saw it and he went – no, nah, nothing. Went back and watched telly. 
<laughs> I don't even know if he would have written anything up. He just sort of went, nah, nothing, uh, righto. And that's that real man in black stuff and there, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he wasn't bothered at all. That was, that was a great one. And I don't even know. Um, I'll have to ask Ruby next time I'm talking to her. I don't even know if she'd remember it. It's just one of those things as a kid because I was interested in those sorts of things. And to be perfectly honest, I was fairly freaked out. I used to read these books until I freaked myself out so much that I couldn't sleep. But, uh, yeah, he was very blasé about it. That That's just – that is awesome. Whereas, I, could just, I could just picture the, the, the new Men in Black movie. Uh, It'll be over in three minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's not true. <laughs> See ya, bye. But the, the other thing is um, these days if that had to happen there would be all sorts of reports, people would have a blog and be tweeting it, live tweeting it. You'd have a group getting together and – rabble rousing and saying if the if the cop stood on his front veranda and just had a look with his binoculars and said nah there would be a, a you know a government cover up and a conspiracy and all sorts of things and yeah so it's um it's interesting the way things have changed i think the whole um the way that we look at ufo's really has changed from back in the day to to now you know you can put anything into your um handheld device and on say for youtube and Mm. put ufo in Mm. and you'll get all these different sightings yeah lots of different things yeah pretty sure most of it is you know people well photoshop and special effects you can get apps on your phone now that let you put special effects in and some of them are pretty real but it's interesting to see um the people that get interviewed seem to genuinely believe in it yeah, look, I, I've also got a story that. Mm-hmm. Mm, um, well, there's two. I've got two. That's quick why. Stories. That's why you're here. I oh, know. Thanks. It's not for my looks. It is for your looks. Oh, you okay. got the perfect looks for uh, podcasting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> perfect head for radio. Uh, my my dad was telling us when we were growing up how that he used to live up in the in the north of Queensland, and he was saying that mm-hmm. um, he was driving along at night and. Um, these lights had come down and it was sort of chasing him along the roads up there and back in the day I don't believe he was drinking or taking any drugs at that yeah. time but he yeah. said there was lots of things, people seeing things up there and he, he was adamant that these lights were chasing him mm-hmm. from the sky and, you know, popped down in front of him and, uh, yeah, I have to say that he sounded fairly true in what he was saying and he absolutely believed in, in UFOs and aliens and all that sort of stuff. Well, it's I guess that's the thing. It's about what you believe and people, you know, I had a, uh, I worked with a, a lady who once said people have their own truth and it's what different people believe in, you know, goes for different sorts of things. But people that believe it really believe it and that sort of part of the world, I guess, um, really fits in with the Min Min Lights. And um, the Min Min Lights is an Australian phenomenon that apparently has been going on for thousands of years. Thousands and thousands. The Indigenous um, people from that area always have the stories they tell of the the lights that used to come down and follow them. And you can still see it now out out around um, Boulia and Winton and places like that. They, you know, they still have the Min Min Highway. Yeah, there's... And, you know, there's got to be some sort of credence in it, otherwise they're really good storytellers and can pass that on. But, mm. um, look, I have to say that I, I've seen some weird things around, you know, country Queensland as well. Yeah. Well, you're so, gonna, you were saying you had two stories. You've well, told us one. Yeah, well, the other one was that I actually was um, lying down. Was Please still, say abducted. No. No, I wasn't abducted. And wasn't they, perm- touched they and, permed your hair. And they permed me. They... they 
put my finger into a socket and it perm. No, no, no. Electrical but, socket. Electrical socket. But uh, back to my story instead of my hair. Yeah. I, I did look a bit alien-like. I was actually just um, in the house lying around on um, on the bed and looking out the window and um, this green glowing light just went shooting across, or not across the window but sort of down and away from the window overhead. It was um, significant enough for me to get up and have a look out the window but it was pretty quick and gone. So no, no planes, no... Trains, no automobiles, no nothing. So, and no, I was a teenager. There was nothing going on that shouldn't have been. All yeah, right, good story. So, I actually think yes, they are about. I, okay, I, I do believe there's other things out there. Like, well, there's, you know, Dave. That's another thing. That's like a whole different species. So, <laughs> yeah, you're not yeah, funny. No, I'm funny. You looking. look like you should be, but you're not. So. Probably the the story that stands out for me uh, more than anything when we were growing up, probably the biggest UFO story and the biggest Australian UFO story was um, about a family. I, I believe they were travelling across the Nullarbor. I don't know where they were going to. Perth to Melbourne, I believe. Okay, so they were doing that trip. Um, and I think it was about 1987 and 1988, something like that. And it was a big story at the time because these people had said they were – four of them, four adults in a car driving – and they said that they spotted these lights up ahead. They sped up to try and catch the lights. The lights suddenly decided they weren't real keen on that and, and then started following them and hassled them for, you know, over an hour. I think it was about 90 minutes is what they were claiming at the time. And, mm. you know, they were at the point where this car was uh, well, was being harassed by these lights to the point that yeah. they were contact. And that's a long time to be hassled like that, especially out in the Nullarbor. And if you've ever driven across the Nullarbor, it's a desolate sort of place. I, I don't know that I'd be driving it at night. But, you know, in 1988, you, you do what you've got to do. But, yeah, they were harassed. And more importantly, it was interesting about how the police in the area, the media, everyone seemed to take them fairly seriously. They got investigators in, they flew people over to look at the car and the car, I believe, had some damage to it. So the car, the the story goes that they were harassed for about 90 minutes and I think it culminated to the lights picking, picking the vehicle up off the That's ground right. and shaking it and then dropping it. So I think it blew their tyres out but yeah. it actually um, left marks um, on the roof and took the paint off and left yeah. big burn marks. Yeah, okay, yeah, because they got people out to, to investigate it and it was out at somewhere like, was it like Sejuna or one of Bordertown or one of those sorts of places it was in uh, the middle right of in the middle of nowhere and they managed to still get there. But it must have been fairly terrifying and, you know, obviously they believed it. Um but the other well, how can four people? I mean, you have to be fairly committed for four people to say the same story, and keep it going. For you know, I think they've been interviewed recently again, just mm. to see. You know, it's been what 30, 30 odd years, yeah, thirty odd years. So I think you know, for them to have still have that conviction, it's a, you know, it's significant. It's a bit like the, um, the Westall. Ones they've they've interviewed them again yeah. not long ago either. That so that was the one in 1966. It had all the school kids and the teachers saw a UFO in a in a suburb of Melbourne, 
um, saw a UFO land on the ground. And I actually saw an interview with them on one of those, you know, one of those cheesy talking head morning shows. I don't know which one it was, but an interview with uh, three or four of them and they all told the same sort of story. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, especially kids. Kids would waver from sticking to the one story and they've stuck to it for, what? 50 years. 50 years. Yeah. yeah. Look, obviously they believe what they saw and they knew what they saw and I I have no grounds to doubt that. What intrigues me though is we talk about UFOs and of course people immediately go to aliens, which, okay, fair enough, fair enough leap to make. But what I don't understand is the, the vast distance in space you know, so many millions of light years or however far away we are. And I'm sure somebody letting me know um, just how far out I am of light years and distances. Could you drive it? <laughs> um, let me let me know. Um, once was cool podcast at gmail.com if you've got any comments on this, especially with the direction that I'm going in. What gets me as the sceptic in me is if, if a race has the technology to breach that distance, what could they be scared of that, one, they have to hide so they're not just landing in the middle of the town in the middle of, you know, the middle of somewhere in the middle of the day? Yep. And also if they have that, if they have, if they have that technology, why do they need lights so that the lights are on at night? To see where they, I don't know. <laughs> um. And if they're that clever... Why do they make them all funny shapes? Why don't they make them into the shape of like a plane so that then it just looks like a normal plane flying across the sky and then they could do whatever they liked? Yeah, all very good, valid questions and Mm -hmm. points. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I have no answers for that. But the other thing you've got to look at is if they do have all that technology and they've been, you know, stories of them, you know, assisting with the pyramids and Stonehenge and there's all these... Mm -hmm. If they had that technology back then, why wouldn't they have dropped all of that stuff for us to use? If they're coming down and help us build things. But if their technology so advanced, why is it basically... They're using rocks. Why is it a rock? Yeah, why are the pyramids and stuff like that? I don't know. And, and round rocks. I don't know. Anyway, um, each to their own. Um, yeah, bit off track. Yeah, a bit off track. But, but it's interesting now that we talked about people who used to just see UFOs and we've now gone on. So there was a couple of movies in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. One was um, Communion. Fire in the Sky. Communion and Fire in the Sky. So Communion was about an alien abduction. Um, I can't remember who the person was. No, I can't um, uh, uh, The name is – I've read the book. It's, <laughs> ter- it's actually a fairly terrifying book if you're interested in those sorts of things. Um, and it's about, a, a, you know, the – the, the um, abduction phenomena. And then the next one is Fire in the Sky. And both of these have been made into movies as well. And I haven't read Fire in the Sky, but I have seen the movie and it was fairly terrifying as well. But that sort of kick, seemed to kick off the whole abduction phenomena. And now we have all the people having hypnosis and um, those sorts of things to have the repressed memories. But... I also look at it and go, with the technology we have, we can take a shot into, you know, distant galaxies and things like that and we never see anything out there Mm. except stars Mm. and nebulas and all those sorts of things. 
and, but every time there's a UFO, there's never a clear picture. It's a bit like the, you know, the adom- abominable snowman. Yeah, the Bigfoot sort of Bigfoot, thing. Bigfoot, you know, every photo and picture of them is blurry. Why is it that people can take... If there's any at all. Yeah, well, people can take them selfies or a picture of, you know, f- kids fighting at school and stuff, yet they can't take a, a, a picture of uh, something flying in the sky or something walking across the bush. Yes, and when you do see the pictures, you're usually fairly sceptical of it anyway. Yeah, and not saying that I'm a sceptic. I believe there's lots of different things out there we don't really know about. But, um, yeah, this is a pretty serious Yeah, we've gone that, that, gone uh, that way. I yeah. was going to make jokes about it only being toothless hillbillies and now it's people with um, mobile phones and Twitter accounts are the ones that are getting abducted and live tweeting from the from the probing session. Toothless still. Yeah, but it, it's interesting though. Um, people complain about the aliens and the probing phenomenon, yet they'll go and pay money for a colonic. It's sort of the same, really, isn't it? Well, not well, not really. I guess one you're paying for, and one you're being taken from your bed. Mm, maybe. But uh, yeah, look, I don't know. If for me, I, I'm I'm not convinced. But I, like I said, people have their own truth, and I know that people are convinced. But what I'm more interested in, what we're sort of getting at, is the way it sort of changed. Yeah, it's changed. That it was, you know, you might see a story every now and then. It'd be, and you know, something that's sort of talked about but not really believed in and things. But now you can turn on and have a look at any sort of um, well, everyone's a YouTube, everyone's a YouTube star or Vimeo or one of those sorts yeah. of things. And we mentioned it before in our um, Bermuda Triangle episode. The Bermuda Triangle was one of the hot spots for UFO activity. Um, but no one ever re- – I never really remember people saying, oh, yeah, they've been abducted for, for sort of experiments and those types of issues. So I'm not really sure what the – you know, where it changed and why it changed. Is it we've got more in self-important or is it getting more frequent? Oh, is it a bit like anything? You know, you've you got to keep a bit of doubt on the reality of the world. I don't know. And, you know, do the, do the aliens have good 4G so that you can be able to live, live stream what's going on? They're probably listening to us now, mm. thinking how awesome. Yeah, we are. as we record in my farmhouse in Tasma in rural Tasmania. <laughs> yes, uh, them and mm. the abominable mm. snowman, mm. you know, Bigfoot. Yeah, he's hanging around outside. Well, no, they don't have the Bigfoots down here. Are um, not the Yowie, the Bunyip, the Bunyip's the other one. Ah, oh, the Bunyip. Mm. You know the Bunyip. Yep. I always used to think Bunyips and Yowies were the same sort of things, but Yowies are man shape. Um, you know, Sasquatchy sort of thing, whereas a bunyip's like a um, like a, a water dwelling sort of creature thing that comes out and eats stuff. Okay, yeah, there nice. you go, there you go. We all learnt something. <laughs> anyway, UFO phenomena certainly has changed the the way we talk about it. And nowadays, you don't even hear you hear you, it, you it, have to go to specific channels. It's very rare that you'd ever hear it on the news because they're sort of labelled as crackpots, rightly or wrongly. Um, you just don't hear about it like you used to. It used to be sort of like something that we considered. Now it's just one of these fringe lunatic type things. Yeah, it is. And the other thing is people are probably too scared to say too much about it because, um, you know, of all the people listening in. So uh, if people are listening into this and they think... I'd be stoked if people were listening well, in, puts your numbers you know, up. Yeah, well, it does. Uh, but, you know, I'm talking about the men in black and all of those sorts of things, you know, they yeah. you know, made movies and all that. But, if you know, if that was the case and someone does come up to your door and says, stop it, 
I, I might. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I yes. don't need to talk about it anymore. No, this is probably coming but, up to the end of it. Really. But we've, yeah, and we've also, but we also live in an age where everyone seems to think they have a voice and everyone has an opinion and their opinions valued. It's just no, you know, their opinions valid as long as it gets along with my opinion type thing. So, I don't know. Okay, then. So, Dave, uh, UFOs are obviously still around. <laughs> yeah, it's still a phenomena. Still, still a phenomena. Still a talking point, mm. but different. To when oh, I th- I think we were younger, it, it's it's sort of a lot more out there. Um, the truth is out there, of course. The truth is out there. There's a lot more of it around, and people are sort of talking about it, but it doesn't seem to be a mainstream sort of thing. It's considered one of these fringe lunacy type, uh, like flat things. earthers. Well, not even. Well, no, no. No, nothing quite like that. But, um, you know, the um, guitarist of um, Blink-182 has his own foundation academy type thing that has its sole purpose of proving there's alien life and that that's all they do. That's what it does and I don't, don't even know that he's with Blink-182 anymore. Um, and, you know, they're taken fairly seriously. I had no idea. Yeah, there you go. All right, on that note, we'll, we'll stay with no idea. We'll stay with no idea. Still say it's still there. I yep. think it's different to when we were younger. It's a lot yep. more available at our fingertips. Yep. I, I think it, uh, the stories that we have from when we were younger were sort of a little bit more scary and a little bit more sort of taboo and anyone who sort of talked about it was a bit of a nutter. Mm. But uh, no one talked about butt stuff like they do these days. No, the probing and stuff like mm. that. Mm. And, you know, Mork from Ork was a, you know, <laughs> nanu, nanu, nanu. I think that was a whole... Yes. All right. On that note, Simon, thank you very much. We, thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Okay, mate. And thanks for joining us. Remember, you can find our old episodes at oncewascool.com. And remember, tell a friend. Tell a friend and keep watching the skies. Bye. Bye.